In this episode of Monday Moments, we're talking about how to care about our culture. So sit back, stay tuned for more. Hey there, welcome to another episode of Monday Moments, the show in which we take a deeper dive into Sunday's sermon with me today's Pastor Dennis. And if this is your first time joining us, this is a show that we talk a little bit more about the sermon from Sunday um, because there's just not always enough time to talk about the things that we want to talk about and go into uh, from the pulpit on a Sunday. So uh, we have a short conversation about it and um, kind of unpack some of the things that we weren't able to share. So thank you for taking some time out of your day. Thank you. Yeah, excited. So um, for those of you who have been following, watching, listening, uh, we took a short break from our Out of Exile series because of Palm Sunday and Easter, and we are jumping right back into our study in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. So we picked that up today, or I'm sorry, Sunday, uh, rather, and so um, thought your sermon was... Uh, phenomenal. Uh, I thought it was a really good, you did a really good job of being able to examine and study and preach on the text, what was happening, but then draw the parallel to some things that we're seeing in our world today. And um, I always appreciate that, especially when we're preaching about things in the Old Testament. I think it's easy to kind of kind of lose uh, some of that relatability when we read the Old Testament. Yeah, there's a direct link always because of God's sovereignty and because of the power of the living Word of God. Absolutely. So without uh, further ado, let's jump into it because I have a feeling we've got a lot to talk about. So so you talked a little bit um, about uh, Nehemiah, and and at this point in the story, Nehemiah is looking at the destruction of Jerusalem and the walls, and he's saying, look at the mess that we are in. Let's arise Mm -hmm. and rebuild. And uh, as we read in the story, they met some opposition from three characters who I'm sure that we will get to know even better in the yeah. coming weeks. And you drew a parallel to some of the things that we are seeing in our culture, both um, here in America, around yeah. the world, just mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And you talked about the signs uh, uh, or stages, rather, of persecution yeah. and kind of what that yeah. looks like. Yeah. And I realize that there's varying degrees of persecution for Christians all around the world. Um, but I thought, again, it was a really great uh, sermon to talk about what, what does that look like yeah. um, and, and then how do we respond to it. And so one thing that I, the, I guess the first thing that I wanted to ask you is this idea of um, being passionate about our country, mm-hmm. uh, which we see a lot here in America. Um, and I think I think for good reason. I think we are a country that's been very blessed by the Lord. And the most blood blessed in the history of the world. Absolutely. Absolutely. And and at the same time, I would hope that we know and, and walk in this understanding that we are headed for um, a better kingdom as Christians. Yeah, and yeah. so I guess my, my question is, how do we walk in the balance of caring about our country, caring about our culture, what's happening, being concerned, and at the same time, living fully for Christ and for the kingdom of God? What, what, what does that look like? Yeah, yeah. I think that we can become um, so rooted uh, to what we have been told, taught in the past mm. that we forget that we're in a very dynamic uh, move of God always. The idea and what it's called is, you know, it could be called Christian nationalism, this idea that 
not only are we a, a unique uh, country uh, or a blessed country, uh, but that we have uh, some kind of a uh, of a uh, uh, that God has such a special interest on us mm. that we can only go one way, and consequently, what happens is that Christianity and Americanism, or exceptional Americanism, becomes combined. We saw it happen all the way back uh, to the late '70s, early '80s, with uh, with uh, what was known as the moral majority, uh, mm. and we see this this uh, uh, this idea that somehow that our goal is is to take over America as Christians, mm. and and honestly, um, I I just I don't find that in Scripture, and the reason is very simple. It is because when I was born again, I became a citizen of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now, do I have a dual a, a dual citizenship? Yeah, I am a citizen of the United States, and I have a responsibility, yeah. scripturally, biblically, because I'm a citizen of this country. Yeah. Jesus was very clear: render unto Caesar what Caesar's. In other words. If you are if you are a citizen, then you have responsibilities. As a believer, as mm. a Christian, I have responsibilities. Yeah. But my greater responsibility is to the kingdom of God. Yeah. That's all there is to it. It's really very simple. And so consequently, yes, I need to vote. Yes, I need to promote uh, the values of the kingdom. Yeah. But but uh, but those two things right there, voting is a responsibility because I'm an American. Mm. Promoting the values of the kingdom is a responsibility no matter where I am, no matter yeah. where I live. That is a responsibility of being a citizen of the kingdom of God. And so consequently, uh, if, if um, all my friends in India, uh, when I have been in China, in Africa, in Europe, in South America, all of those places that I've been, citizenship in those places is very different. Yeah. And particularly in places like, uh, like India, where citizens of the country are actually persecuted because they're citizens of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. Okay, so, so, so are they still good Indians? Yeah, but they're persecuted because, of their, uh, because they're citizens of the yeah. kingdom. So I separate those two things. Yeah. And I keep it very clear. Yeah. And so Christian nationalism, no, no, I, 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 don't, I don't buy into it. Right. But being a citizen of the kingdom and having a responsibility there, yes, absolutely. Yeah. I love that um, point that you, you brought, and I think we see things in both the um, Old Testament and New Testament, you know, render unto Caesar that which is Caesar. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I believe that it's in Romans and Paul saying, you know, pray for those who are in you know the the government officials um <laughs> and why why should we pray for them because yeah. god put them there yes they're god's delegated uh, and they authority. were talking about the romans yes and those that were persecuting them yes and and even i i think it's in the old testament i can't chapter and verse it off the top of my head but you know uh in the bible it says you know pray for the peace and prosperity of israel yeah um mm -hmm. and so there is uh, like you said a responsibility i think that's a really great word um to say yeah we do have a responsibility um that it might go well for us you know that, yes. it, that we might enjoy peace and prosperity and live in the land and and worship and um at the same time, yeah, we know that at some point, every system of government, you know, good or not, is going to um, 
We, see that, we yeah. see that prophetically. We see yeah. the whole prophecy of Daniel was about these eras that are going to come, and they are worldly systems that are going to fail. Yeah. And that doesn't make them evil in the, in, 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 uh, because of that. What it says is that the things of man are always going to fail. Right. Period. Right. You know? And we have been blessed in the United States because our founders— founded on biblical principles what we know as the government of the United States. At the same time, it was very clear whosoever will may come into the United States. Yes. You know. Yeah. So so this whole idea is is not, you know, I'm not I'm not purporting something that's not biblical. I'm a citizen of the kingdom. Right. That's the point. Well I think it's easy to, you know, um to miss out on what's really important, and this is kind of what the disciples and I think the people of Jesus' day, uh, what happened to them is, you know, they went to Jesus, Jesus, when are you going to restore the kingdom of Israel? Yeah. They were looking for him to, yes. set, you know, restore this system of government, yes. you know, and Jesus says, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, there's something better that I've come to establish. I love what he says to Pilate. You know, he's standing before Pilate, and Pilate says, are you the king of the Jews? And he says, well, it's as you say, I am. Yeah. He said, well, basically, why aren't you people fighting for us then? You know, isn't that dangerous, Pilate says? And Jesus said, if, if I chose to, if my kingdom's not of this world, yeah. my kingdom is not of this world. If it was, my father would send myriads mm. of angels down yeah. on your pointed little head. Yep, yep. That's a pretty powerful statement. It really is. And, and I think that it can be easy to get lost in sort of the, the macro view of what's going on in our world and forget that... Um, when you talk about arise and rebuild, we talked about talked about this in our in our home group last night. You know, it's not about arising and rebuilding some system of of government or some social hierarchy or whatever. Like Jesus is about rebuilding people. Yes. And and you know, it's about eternities. Like that's really what matters. Yes. And so, yes. uh, I think that's kind of the the message is to say like, look, don't get. Yes, should we be voting? Our our responsibility as Americans. Yes. At the end of the day, though. We know, like, this is about people, yeah. you know, and, yeah. and that's what matters most. And so, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. good. Yeah. Um, so talking about arising and rebuilding, um, you know, you, you mentioned this on Sunday and you kind of talked about, I loved the point that you made, you know, so it's easy for us to sort of leave a, a sermon and say, boy, that was a really good sermon. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, what did he say? Well, I don't know, but I remember it being really yeah. good and not yeah. allowing that to bring about any kind of change or transformation in our life. So... Uh, for any of us who are listening to your sermon and, and we hear that that message of come, let's arise and rebuild, what might that actually look like? Yeah, yeah. And, and I mentioned those uh, uh, a number of different things where the enemy attacks. Yes. Uh, the enemy attacks, first of all, uh, in who we're going to serve. Yeah. And I have got to nail down who I'm going to serve. Mm-hmm. And I've got to decide what areas of my life am I not serving yeah. It, yeah. Because uh, because a house divided against itself will not stand. Yeah. Uh, the second point was character. Mm-hmm. Character. I have got to be willing to look at my character and say, here are the things that I need to change. Yeah. Here are the th- here's the places where I need the Holy Spirit to come in, first with conviction mm-hmm. and then with power, yeah. and change my life. Yeah. And, and I find that that is one of the things uh, to, in today's Christianity that has been lessened 
through this idea that if I just try really hard, if I just uh, show up in church, if I have the right friends, if I'm in the right community, then that is going to change. And the truth is, is no. Until I engage on a regular basis the Holy Spirit of God and ask Him to bring transformation, my life is not going to change. So when we talk about arise and build. Next week, James is going to be talking about uh, the third chapter of Nehemiah. And the most, and the most uh, common phrase in all of Nehemiah is, and next to, and next to. Mm. And what it presents is us a picture of how every one of those uh, tribes, every one of those families was next to another family. Mm. That's community. Yeah. So, and what did they first have to do? They first had to go and clean up their own mess. And so in order to have strong churches, in order to have a strong biblical community, and why should we have that? Because other people are looking and they're saying, what is different about you? I wanna come and find, that's real evangelism. Jesus said in John 17, uh, he said, I pray, uh, Father, that they would be one, even even like you and I are one, why? so that the world might know that the Father sent the Son. When we build strong communities, and that means communities that are solely dedicated to the Lord Jesus Christ, communities that are are built on character, transformation. I can honestly say, Travis, that I am different now than I was. And it's not because I try hard, I do. But it's because trying hard doesn't make it. And when I realize my weakness and I engage God at his promises to send the power of his Holy Spirit to change me, transformation takes place. Yeah. That's just the first two of four, and there was actually five. Right, right. You know, so yeah. Was, can I mention the fifth sure, one? Sure, yeah, please do. The fifth one is patience. Mm, the, the devil y- works against us being patient yeah. over time. Why? Because one of the key characteristics of God is that he is patient. Mm. People don't, they talk about loving kindness, mercy, grace, all of those things. But one of the key characteristics of God is that he is patient. And if he is patient, it means that I'm going to have to continue to walk, continue to believe, continue to throw out my faith ahead of me and continue to walk, oftentimes in darkness, knowing that if I am patient, God is going to do his work in me. Why? Because he doesn't do stuff on the surface. He does things from the inside out. And so patience is another one. We have got to be absolutely committed to going towards the goal, no matter what stands in our way, and continue down. And that's exactly what Nehemiah did. Well, and look at, I mean, how much our culture struggles with um, wanting, you know, shortcuts, quick results, you know, uh, take this pill and you'll lose 30 pounds overnight or whatever the case may be. Really? Which one? I Well, (laughs) how much time you have? No. (laughs) Yeah, and I think that, you know, we kind of lose sight of that idea that – yeah, results, transformation doesn't happen overnight or even in, you know, a few months. No, and the result of our of our fast society is the result of people getting away from the character of God yeah. and the devil with his guerrilla warfare mm-hmm. is always in there speeding things up right. to where we have this fast food religion and when it doesn't happen in a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months, we say, well, I guess God's not who he says he is. Right. No, God is patient. Yep. 
and he is going to work a work, and I am a prime uh, example of that. That's yeah. the way God has changed my life. Yeah, yeah. I remember one of the things that stuck out to me, uh, you know, I grew up in uh, Christian schools, going to chapel every Wednesday and all this stuff, and, you know, I don't know how many chapel services I've sat through, but one of the things that I've held on to is this illustration that one of the chapel speakers gave, and it's God is not a microwave God, he's an oven God, mm. you know, and... Um, you know, we love the microwave because it is quick. Yeah, it's yeah. almost instant, but uh, the oven takes longer, but it always tastes better, right? Like it's yeah. But now we have convection ovens I where know, it can yes. be even faster. You know, it's <laughs> That's like right. how it's we... like we're always about how do we speed up the work of yeah. God instead of how do I take God at His word, yeah. trust Him. And continue to walk. Well, and what is that verse? Uh, I can't remember where it's at. Um, you and I have talked about this before, but the verse that says, who is he who walks in darkness? That's in Isaiah. Isaiah, that's right. Mm-hmm. That's right. And that's such an amazing verse, and it honestly brings kind of a lot of comfort in ways because it's like, oh, yeah, I've been in those seasons where I'm following the Lord, but I feel like I'm walking in darkness, and I thought I was the only one who was experiencing something like that. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. this is actually fairly common for it, it is absolutely coming. I just picked up a book, a very old book, uh, that was uh, written uh, a long time ago mm. uh, by Hannah Hubbard. Uh, it's it's called Hind's Feet on Hind's Places. It's mm. an allegory. It's an easy book to read, uh, and it and it talks about this very thing about the process that God is going to take to get me from point A to point B is a long process, but God is committed to it. Yeah. I need to become committed to yeah, it. Right. Yeah. yeah absolutely. So that's a great book. If you're looking for something to read, if you're at a point where you're wondering, is God ever going to change me? Heinz Feet and Heinz Places. It's a classic mm, that's good. Uh, that everyone should read. It's good. So just in wrapping up, um, if if someone's saying to themselves, I, I want to take action I want to begin this process of, you know, let's arise and rebuild. Um, but maybe they're saying to themselves, uh, man, I, 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 I don't even have my own life together, yeah. let alone solving the world's problems. Yeah. Or, you know, I want to have this relationship with the Holy Spirit, but I don't even know where to start. What does that look like? That sounds kind of, you know, hooky and spiritual or whatever. How would you encourage someone like that? Yeah, again, see the lies of the devil. It is not hokey or spooky mm. to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit of God. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. It is something that is absolutely not only necessary, but the greatest gift that Jesus gave to the beginnings of his church. Yeah. Salvation, yes. But then what he what did he say? Stay in Jerusalem until you shall be given the gift of the Father. Yeah. The gift of the Son was salvation. That was the gift of the son, yeah. and I'm and and had nothing happened beyond that, it would have been awesome because we'd have everlasting life. Right. But Jesus said, between salvation and everlasting life, between that is a transformative, overflowing, mm-hmm. uh, daily walk, uh, communication, comfort, knowledge. Everything that is given to us happens through a vibrant relationship with the Mm. Holy Spirit. And where does it begin? Here's where it begins. Close your eyes and say, Holy Spirit, I don't know you and I want to. And then lift your hands up and say, I'm just going to receive from you whatever you have to give me 
and just begin to worship and then make that a daily, not just a daily, but a every moment that you can yeah. experience. It, it's not a form. It's not a, 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 a recipe. Right. It's a relationship that yeah, God wants yeah. to have with us. And the way that he has with us is through his Holy Spirit. Every example in the Old Testament, except for one or two, is the Holy Spirit coming and then going, coming and then going. He fell on Saul and then he left. Mm -hmm. Over and over we see that. We see a few examples. David was one of them, where David said at one point of his own sin, he said, please don't take your Holy Spirit from me. It was one of the only examples where we see David as having that Holy Spirit, a continual relationship with him. We see that. But now, here today, where we sit in the church today, Jesus said, I will never leave you or forsake you. How does he do that? Through the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. It's, it's, if you're trying to figure it out, stop, because you're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Trinity. Yeah. But that is the presence of Jesus in my life today. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. I wish we could have so much more time to dig into that. That could easily be an hour-long discussion oh, on the Holy Spirit and what's I so love good about talking it. talking the whole about the Holy and, Spirit. Yeah, and, and I think, unfortunately, it can be easy to lose sight of the fact that this is a good gift. It's a good, it good thing. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. yeah. And so I wish we could talk so much more and so much longer about well, this. Well, we will. I'm, we will. Yeah. I'm convinced. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. thank you so much for taking time out of Absolutely. your day to dive into your sermon. And thank you so much for taking the time to watch or listen to this episode of Monday Moments. Uh, we so enjoy getting to bring this content uh, to you. If you got something out of this, let us know. Uh, drop a comment, send us a message. Um, and be sure to hit that uh, subscribe button, the like button, you know, all those kinds of good things because we just love being able to bring content like this to you every single week. So thank you so much again for uh, joining us for another episode of Monday Moments, and we will see you next week. God bless. God bless.